0: Welcome back, it's another beautiful day here in sunny Southern California. And this week we're doing an episode of Think Like A Star that you guys are going to love. We're sitting down this week with a guy who is an absolute marketing genius. He's put on conferences all over the world and he used to work with the legendary Jim Rohn. I think you guys are gonna love him. So with that being said, I'd like to start this episode off on the right foot. If this shot goes in, it's gonna be a good day. Looks like it's gonna be a good day. Here we are back in Marina Del Rey and we have my new friend, Kyle Wilson, and I'm very excited. And you're fresh off the airplane, right? I am. How's Actually, it feel? How's it feel to be in California? Well, you know, uh,
1: Texas time, or, you know, L.A. time, I got up at 2.30 this morning. Oh, jeez. Yeah,
0: because it's a couple hours earlier, and I woke up early. So you're ready for a nap. Yeah, kind of. No, <laughs> I, I feel good. And you had a little bit of an uh, adventure on the plane today, so uh, I would like for you to share that okay. with, with everyone. Oh, well, uh, I was sitting <laughs> next
1: to Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls, and it was fun. We, You know, amazing guy, and... I'd have a great conversation. Yeah. So it's fun. That happens a lot to me. Just meet the coolest people. And so that's, I always feel that's serendipitous. It's a little bit of a God wink. We
0: love that word around here. We're big serendipitous (laughs) people around here, just so you know. So that was great. Um, So, what do you think? And I guess maybe you kind of hinted at why does that keep happening to you in your life? Because I was telling you earlier, we went and saw Thinking Girl Rich. And you're thinking thoughts and you're manifesting uh, God, higher power, universe. What? Do, why do you feel like things like that happen? Personal, you know, your personal belief. No wrong you know, answer here. Just curious. Yeah, no, Does, my
1: background is in personal development, you know, worked with Jim Rohn for 18 years and Brian Tracy and all these guys. And um, about three or four years ago, the whole entertainment world started opening up and I've become really good friends with different people. And. Now all of a sudden, I'm meeting more entertainers, and I always try and connect people. So uh, you're probably the same way. In fact, I know you are because we exchanged some emails. So I'm a connector, and I, I you know, uh, I did that today on the plane. You know, and just tried to figure out different ways of to be of
0: service and to connect and yeah. find value. And yeah. so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, it's interesting because um, people have really strong beliefs on that. Like, you'll meet some people and they'll be like, I manifest every green light in every parking spot. And I'm kind of like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm still up in the air. Like, maybe you just got there and there was an open parking spot. Right. I don't know if it was like your, you know, your feng shui and your car and all these things. But some people who are, like, super high. Like, one guy, uh, Rob he swears. he's one of those guys. swears right. by it. You know, I put this out in the universe. And you see amazing results. So who am I to be like, ah, you're crazy because it seems to be working for them. no, no, f- no, for a fact. When I have
1: intentions, more times than not, they happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, it might be over a period of time, but they don't all happen. And that's just my experience. Yeah. And I wouldn't debate someone else's experience. You know, if that happens for them, that's amazing. Yeah. It's part of my experience. I don't get too caught up into it. But I think how we met was a little bit of a serendipitous meeting you had with a friend of mine, yep. Julian Sato, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it's interesting. I think we're here together because of that.
0: Yeah. And that's why I'm excited. It's so funny how those things, they continually happen with us, whether, um, I mean, I could tell you story after story of us being on the road and someone following us and then opening up an amazing door or just being a um, random chance encounter with someone. And it led us to be here and then to find out what you do and what we're working on and how all of these things really fit together is, right. is so exciting. Right. So, Well, I just think it's so fascinating what you've done over the course of your career and now kind of reinventing and and doing new things. And um, I'm just excited to learn more. So how did this all start? Take me back to, (laughs) you know, the beginning of you as a young guy running around. What were you up to? Where were you at? Yeah, well,
1: you know, I grew up in a really small town in Texas, Vernon, Texas, and uh, was always a little bit entrepreneurial, you know, selling things and creating things. I did get into drugs early on. You know, I had a had a rough high school experience. and mm-hmm. At age 19, I, I really changed my life. I, mm-hmm. I had a spiritual experience that made a difference, and that took me on a different path. Wow. And I'd say within seven years, I made the decision to move out of Vernon into Dallas. And I, I mean, I started a business at age 19, grew it, had oh, wow. 10 employees, the whole thing. Um, with no business experience, but at 27, I moved to Dallas, and again, serendipitously, I got in a seminar business within two years, mm-hmm. and within six months of that, I met Jim Rohn, and uh, uh, got to start promoting Jim through uh, the company I was working for, and eventually, I had to go out on my own, because I wasn't making money, I had a different uh, mindset, and so went out on my own, and started traveling around the country, I go to Chicago, Atlanta, uh, Washington DC Hmm. and got pretty good I would get a couple of thousand people in a room and I go you know every 70 80 days between events and I would hire Jim Rohn and hire Brian Tracy Mm. and Og Mandino and different speakers and then in 1993 um, uh, Jim became available and so I made him an offer he couldn't refuse and I started Jim Rohn International it was actually my company you know we say we partnered but it's my company because he would had a bunch of bad partnerships so he wasn't opening open to that mm-hmm. i didn't even pitch him on that i just yeah. said hey let me have exclusive rights and i'll pay you x amount a yeah. percentage yeah. and you're safe you don't have to worry about if i make money lose money you're going to get paid yeah i just need exclusivity yeah. and from there i started creating products and uh <clears throat> i found out when people buy all our stuff then what you know yeah. but people yeah, would yeah, yeah. people would hear jim Rohn and that we get them into personal development, and then they wanted other stuff. So I started another company called Your Success Store. started selling Brian Tracy stuff, Les Brown. Uh, kind of cross cross-pollinating. Pollinating. Yeah, yeah, and then okay. I would book these other speakers into companies I was getting Jim in, so I had a speakers bureau. And then the Internet came, and I was really one of the early adapters. So I built a million-plus lists through all my different publications, and yeah. we were... We were doing, and you were the first
0: person to do that, right?
1: No, no, but I, I was early. Okay. early Pretty the, early, yeah. I was one of the early guys to hit that kind of significance, uh, yeah. number wise.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, Jim, um, he, you know, he he's a lot of speakers out there are really good marketers and salespeople, too. Yeah. Jim's a pure philosopher.
0: Okay. Right? And okay. so. He didn't, Stays in his lane. Yeah, he this didn't... This is what I'm good at. This is what I like to do. Yeah,
1: he didn't want to speak that much necessarily. He didn't do radio interviews. Hmm. So you had this aggressive promoter, me, and yeah, you had yeah. Jim, who uh, is this philosopher who's like, hey, you know, uh, if it's not necessary, let's not do it. Like, he yeah. really loved his privacy and hmm. he... Uh, 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 so, so we had that interest dynamic going on. Yeah. So with the internet, I was able to get his message out so much more aggressively without him having to show up. In yeah. fact, I said, my mantra was how do I build a company without Jim having to show up?
0: Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so the
1: internet was just perfect for me. And then, uh, in late 2007 uh, for, a variety of personal reasons. I ended up selling the companies. Mm-hmm. Jim Rohn International, your success store. I was also the agent for Dennis Waitley and other speakers, Ron White. Yeah. And all those lists, I sold all of it and all the intellectual properties and um, became a Mr. Mom and took hmm. like a seven-year hiatus. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And kind of started kind of getting back the last couple of years. Yeah. So you just got the
0: whole I know, yeah. The you whole just waited out for me. I'm ready to go So yeah. I want to go back <laughs> sure. to the drugs. Okay. How old were you when that started happening? Because so I'm out speaking, as you know, to a lot of kids. Yes. And um, today it's a different it's a different time. It's a different age. You know, they aren't ever outside playing by themselves. You have to be worried they're going to be abducted. It's just a different world. Right. And and part of that I think is because of the internet and because of social media and these things that have come along with it. And I really think that it's harder than any time before to be a kid. Um, They're exposed to things so much younger, and there's a loss of innocence. Even if you're a good parent that keeps them isolated in a small Texas town, their friend has a phone that has access to literally every piece of information in the history of the world. that they can have at their fingertips. True. So now kids are, are struggling with the same things that they've struggled with before, um, but the, the, the suicides and the self-harm and, and the bullying and the, the school shootings that are going on, just even in this last year, have just skyrocketed in all these areas. So um, making it more personal for you, what, uh, like I guess, how old were you when that kind of started and what kind of um, led you to start doing those things?
1: Yeah, so for me, uh, age 16, and Mm -hmm. it was really popular at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. You either were probably smoking pot or you were drinking or you were doing both, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, it was was definitely an influence. I was, my job, uh, I think when I was a freshman in high school, the two... It was a pizza place, and the two okay. night managers who were seniors, uh, you know, were were you know selling, yeah, yeah. selling uh, pot, and so uh, so I started out doing that, and eventually, yeah. you know, I it escalated, yeah, and uh, the entrepreneurial part of me started selling it too, right, and yeah, eventually, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, it was a whole thing, and it's really crazy, amazing. I mean, I feel like I've had nine lives, Jesse. I mean, yeah, I yeah. really. A lot of bad things could have happened, you know, whether it's gel or other things, and uh, it did happen actually for quite a few of my friends. So yeah, I I feel very blessed and fortunate to have transitioned out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you said you had kind of a a spiritual um, awakening that kind of you're like I don't want to do this anymore or what what happened there? Yeah,
1: so so uh, I had uh, at the time you know had become, became a Christian and that really impacted me. Right. Mm-hmm. And had a community of people around me, and um, it was just a, a, a powerful experience for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I love that. I I, I feel like how, how what was the population of your town? Twelve thousand. Okay, yeah. So fourteen thousand where I was at, and well, that's the town across from the little island um, that I lived on. But um, I feel like sometimes in those places where there isn't always a lot to do, right. and and um, then you know you didn't have access to as much of what's going on in the rest of the world. Right. You know, now like we're saying with the internet and the <laughs> phone, we can know what people are doing right now instantly on the other side of the world and, and we know what we're all listening to the same music and, and it's just a different world. But back then with so much isolation I know in our town there's a lot of problems with with all those things, with the drugs, with the alcohol, with the depression, with the suicide, um, and that's something that's tough in those small communities and and um, is a big struggle. So I love that you were able to kind of turn a new leaf pretty fast. Yeah. It sounds like it wasn't too long of a time, and then you were able to head a totally different direction with it.
1: Right, and you know when I look back now, um, you know it probably was a little bit more of a transition than I realized. Like people. For my, my, my kids are grown. They're 22 and 25. Yeah. And they would never know some of the challenges I went through. And now as they're going through challenges, I actually have to go back in my memory banks and realize, wow, I was struggling with being secure. I was struggling with this. I was struggling with that. You know, the struggles I was going through are coming more real to me as I watch other, you know, kids, you know, whether it was my age or earlier or, or a little bit older, yeah. go through the same stuff. yeah. And so, again, over over a period of time, everything looks easy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. In 20 years, this happened. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of ups and downs. And, yeah. and I think, um, and, and it doesn't work. And you and I know that when you tell your kids, well, don't do this yeah, because yeah, yeah. I did it. So I've never been that kind of parent. I never yeah. have said, because I did it, you can't do it. Yeah. You shouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I just never talked about it. But as it's coming up now, it's like, okay, I have to go back and realize, what was I thinking? But, yeah, just communicating to, to my parents. In other words, I would talk to a friend. I would talk to someone else. But, you know, if my parents asked me how I was doing, I'd say, fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know why. You know, looking yeah. back, I don't know why. But it's helpful for me to look back now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I would challenge parents to do that. Look back and really take a deep dive. Yeah. How were you with your parents? When you your were parents? that age, yeah. yeah. How did you handle things? Did you just, you know, go out of your way to tell your parents everything?
0: Yeah, you yeah. Huh. Now I'm thinking about me. I'm like, huh, yeah, I was that kid too. Like, sometimes you want to talk and you're up. I'm still like that with my parents, I feel like. And then sometimes it's like, no, I don't want to talk about like certain stuff. Like, I don't like sharing my romantic side with right. my parents. It's like, I don't it just feels... I. I'll let you know when I'm getting married. I don't know. I'll let you... Maybe, maybe, maybe I won't. I don't right. know. Um, the hardest one, though, was learning to drive. Um, when you had to do the driver's... Uh, what does it be for? Your permit. And you've got to drive, and your mom's got to be in the car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was just World War Three every <laughs> single time. Because I'm just like my mom, and we're hard-headed. And uh, she wants to be controlling of the, of the driving, but I'm driving. But she's right. trying to, like, control, like... Like I took a few lessons, I know I put the clicker on, I'm going right, like I'm slowing down, right. like chill out. But those were those were battles. So that's that's great advice. Right. The more I've grown and thought about it, the more I'm convinced that the hardest things that we go through in those challenges like you were talking about are really the best things that can possibly happen to us and they right. give us such an advantage and and they give us such a, um, what we call it, grit. We'll talk about right. having grit, having substance, <clears throat> having some toughness to you. Right. And if you just kind of skate through life and everything's easy and you never have any hardships, um, it's really doing a disservice and um, one thing that I find when I go into all these schools they have me talk about kindness and uh, kindness week and and um, and those are all great things that I'm so um, you know supportive of that yes be kind but when you go out of that school the world isn't always kind right. you get out there and people are honking their horn and flipping you you know hand signals uh, and, and that sort of thing you know and so these kids now, a lot of them have never experienced this, right. um, and it's even like something that's going on in the college culture where they, they got these crying rooms. And I think it's all exaggerated by the media, both sides. But um, they're they're put on these little bubbles, and then they're so like offended that anyone would have a thought that's contrary to their to what they think. You know, just even a thought. You know, so um, it's it's a it's an interesting time. You know, to that respect. Um, so, so all that to say, um, as far as challenges that you've gone through. Uh, is there anything outside of what you already talked about? I would imagine in this business world of you starting at nineteen, starting your own business, mm-hmm. having employees, to getting one of the top speakers and and navigating those waters, that you hit some bumps along the road. Um, I would love to hear about any of those. And, and <laughs> um, maybe we don't have time. Maybe yeah, we, there's we, been so we, many, or maybe it's been a great a great yeah, climb. Yeah. What are some of the other big challenges that you've faced, if there are any? I'm, I'm assuming there. Are. There's oh, got to be some.
1: Yeah, so many. Uh, all the things you touched on, right? Uh, whether it's family challenges, whether it's uh, staff, employees challenges, yeah. whether it's being the agent, whether it's uh, building a company, uh, plus your own personal challenges. Yeah. Um, and you talked about grit you know, and resilience. And I would add to that, it causes us to go dive deep, right? Yeah. The My search, you know, Jim Rohn would quote the Bible and say, if you search, you'll find. Yeah. But rarely does a good idea interrupt you. You have to go search. Mm. And most of my searching has come out of hardship. It's come out of pain. It's come, uh, I created this profit-sharing program and celebration program, uh, a 10-point review. All that was created out of having pain of having a team that I didn't think you know was buying into what we were doing. And that caused me to go search. And from that came amazing results. But it wouldn't have happened without the pain. It yeah. wouldn't have happened without the challenges. Yeah. My best parenting stuff has come out of things that didn't work. Yeah. I had to go search. I had to get mentors. I had to read the books. Yeah, had to journal. Had to pray. Had to, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, figure out. Oh, that's not working. I should quit doing that. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. and people say well, you should do this. No, that, that. I don't have to go do it again. Yeah. Uh, to prove because someone else it worked for them doesn't work for me. So, you know, all that has come from pain and challenges and problems. And uh, that is one of the the blessings and benefits. I always say, you know, having, in my opinion, you know, uh, parenting, then marriage, and then owning a company and having employees are the three biggest personal development things
0: Mm. that,
1: you know, we have. Trial
0: by fire, (laughs) forcing you to 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 do it under the microscope yeah doing
1: it your way is probably gonna get challenged on all three of those right you're gonna maybe get misunderstood you're gonna yeah you and yet you're expected to lead you're expected to
0: be play at a higher level right and
1: sometimes you're going through this stuff yourself
0: i love it i think um so many people want they just want it to be easy Like they just want, but those things that there are the trials and the tribulations. I know for me personally, like um, basketball, the 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 obstacle was just being little and living in a in a very remote area, and being smaller than everyone, and that made me work harder. That made me tougher. That made me have to learn the game. It made me i wouldn't have been a probably a good player if i was a big strong guy that could jump out of the gym maybe i would have but <laughs> I, I doubt it because yeah. it would have came easy to me right um and i see that i see that just time and time again i know um when i first moved to la i was living on a blow-up air mattress queen-size blow-up air mattress in a low-income housing in van nuys um in a basically in the living room kitchen and this other guy lived in the room tommy driffle awesome guy and he's like he's the only person i knew in la i was like I'm gonna come out here I'm gonna do basketball commercials um, it's gonna be great the next thing I know I'm living on this thing and I'm like well this isn't I'm not happy this isn't where I want to be this isn't where I saw my life I was the minority for the first time in my life you know all the signs were in Spanish and people were kind of looking at me funny and I had a different perspective like oh this is how other people feel you know that right. or sometimes aren't looking like everyone else oh. and you feel like everyone's kind of looking at you I'm like huh this is, but this is good for me, right? right? And I dug down and I worked harder mm. than I ever have in my life, probably, of learning how to do tricks and then, and then going and starting to book these commercials and, and leading to what I'm doing now. Um, fast forward... I become friends with um, with this guy his name's Rocco and we live in a real swanky place down by the Grove his dad's a big famous uh, musician and um, and I'm like you know this is a mate like I-, I was way out of my league you know but they had all this money so I was able to live in this place and, and just pay my little bit and and it was easy to get caught up on my laurels there It right. a not work as hard because like oh I can invite people over and look like I'm just killing it. You know, I could do all these fun things. I'm around all these people with money and influence. And it stunted me. And I learned quickly, sometimes it's good to have those environments that you're a little uncomfortable, you're a little unhappy, because it pushes you to want to get out of there, to want to do better and to to work harder. Mm. Um, And so that was like a, a really big lesson to me, even just recently, I was sad. Um, I was talking to Jennifer, and I was telling you, know, I'm a little down. I'm a little sad. But then I took a step back from it, you know. And you look from that different perspective. You're like, this is okay. It's yeah. okay for me to be a little down. It's okay to be a little, a little sad. Life's exactly. not an Instagram, um, you know, profile where everything's the best thing that ever happened in your life, and life is always amazing. Because me being a little bit sad today is going to make me enjoy being happy tomorrow or the next week or the next month. It's going to be a little bit sweeter because I've felt what it's like to not always be happy, right. or not always be fulfilled or feel lonely or those types of things. So um, I, I just love that. And I, I love uh, your story of how, you know, you're able to do these different things. So now I want to ask you. I got my marketing hat on. OK. <laughs> um, well, actually, no, I want to ask you about Jim and then we'll ask some marketing stuff. So what is it? that makes a guy like Jim Rohn so powerful, so well received by such a diverse audience. I mean, he kind of, I when I explain it to people, I'm like, he's kind of like what led Tony Robbins to do what he's doing. Like I know Tony um, worked for him and I'm sure learned a lot It's like, this is what I want to do that's similar. Maybe he learned some things that he didn't like and here's what I would do that would be different. Um, but he's a guy and I've learned today that doesn't even really isn't a big extrovert. My, my Jim Rohn question, I I obviously as someone who's in the same field, the same space, a lot of respect, a lot of admiration, it seems like he is just such a, um, it's almost like a Southern thing. Wait, where, where's he from? Where? Idaho. Oh, from Idaho, interesting. But he just kind of has, I almost want to say like that Southern charm, he's mm-hmm. very approachable, he's very likable, but there's something that put him up here above so many of these other people, because there's a lot of great speakers with a lot of good stories, um, but he just has a, an ability to connect with people, whether they're old, whether they're young, whether they're just starting their journey, or they're on the top, and I'm just curious from your experience with a guy like that, and learning today that he's not the most social guy, and he doesn't want to be going and, you know, extroverted on these interviews and that kind of thing. What is it about him that allows him to have that kind of impact in people's lives and that makes people listen and make people excited to to learn and buy his products and go to his conferences and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, so Jim just had this uh, special ability to say things in a way that became digestible. Yeah. It's, It's like he could, and it would happen over lunch or talking to him, and he would take something... And then re-say it in such a way that's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's just like, if you search, you'll find, but rarely does a good idea interrupt you, right? Yeah. So yeah. he's taking a, a Bible quote, but then he's creating this little mastery behind it. And he, he was a philosopher. He was a wordsmith. And uh, I met, you know, pe- you know, doctors, teachers, law enforcement, and, of course, entrepreneurs and business people that we're all impacted by Jim Rohn, and I yeah. think you know he doesn't have any frills. There is no yeah. uh, manipulation. Yeah. There truly wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, And same thing. I was Dennis Whately's agent as well, and you know you say, "Hey, uh, Dennis or Jim, can you do a product pitch at the break?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah, uh, doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> and Jim would say, "Hey, go check out our store." Right. That was his product pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: So a but, store,
1: But, but Check there, it out. there is something powerful when you're not being sold, right? There yeah. is this authenticity, the sincerity, and then this giftedness. I would hire salespeople to go do presentations, to sell tickets for events, and they would take Jim Rohn's stuff and then try and say it in their own words. I'd say, don't do that. Yeah. You're not going to improve yeah. the way Jim says it. You know, he yeah. was just a wordsmith and just masterful at what he did.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um... Truth is truth, right? And so, you know, he, he knew how to share truth that really penetrated and, and uh, got got to people. And uh, you know, uh, a good friend of mine's Darren Hardy, and mm-hmm. of course, Darren talked about Jim Rohn influencing him. And you know, Darren would say, if you find something good, just rinse and repeat. You know, just keep. You don't have to go to a hundred sources. And yeah. that happened to me. You know, I, I had a your success storm we sold a lot of different products and I worked with a lot of different speakers but I kind of had my top two or three yeah Jim Rome was number one for me personally Brian Tracy number two and
0: that's how I spent most of the time listening to I just rinse and repeat yeah yeah huh I love it because you were bringing him out to your own events and paying him as like a speaker to be on your stage along with other people so when you had all these people he was the one that really stood out is that why you eventually approached him? Because you saw either people wanted more products from him or they just loved him and, and he got a different like rea- reaction from audiences? Or what kind of made you want to see him as the ideal um, person for you to, to partner up with? So he had a,
1: a business partner. And okay. they, uh, they lost a lot of money together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when it came time to book Jim for the next event, it became clear that they had split up. Gotcha. And I knew I'm a pretty good promoter. I thought he was the best speaker in the world. Yeah. So I just made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jim, I'll I'll pay for I'll pay for the team. I'll do everything. I'll create the products. Yeah. And I'll pay you a percentage, uh, like a speaker's bureau on the speaking and then we'll I'll pay you a royalty on the product. Yeah. I just need exclusivity. Yeah. And so the opportunity came, I guess, when the need arose for him. And that, that was nothing. I was, I was never able to replicate that anywhere else because Hmm. most speakers had their own business. Yeah. For Jim, he just wasn't interested in the business side.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, he was. He needs someone like you. He's the creative artist. He does. And and he,
1: um, you know, he would say, "Hey, uh, fortune over fame." Like he was, and I'm like, I I can tell you some stories on deals he turned down. That probably were really sick, yeah. It, it, yeah. yeah. Like a three-book Simon and Schuster deal with Jan Miller, you know, Tony Robbins and Stephen Covey's agent. And I yeah. worked a year on that. Yeah. But he had his reasons. He didn't yeah. want to. Uh, wow. And 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 we talked. Millions about it of later. dollars probably. Yeah, yeah. We talked about yeah. it later, and it all worked. Good. But you know what? It all worked out good because I I was able to go uh, leverage the internet when it came, and yeah. there were just. It all worked out the way it was supposed to work out. It was all good. Yeah. And one of his other uh, favorite sayings was he wanted to be the guy that affected the few who impact the many. Like, he Mm. was content being that guy. And I look back and say, wow, that happened. Yeah. Tony Robbins. Yeah. Eric Worre. Darren Hardy. So many more we could mention.
0: Yeah.
1: That Jim had an impact on. I mean, they say, this is the guy. This is the guy. Yeah. And yet they're impacting millions, and that was his heart. Yeah, he didn't necessarily want want it to be the biggest or the most famous. In fact, he didn't. He yeah. really valued his privacy, uh, but he did want to have that impact. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow, it sounds. It seems to like some very simple things: being authentic, being up there, being genuine, being the realest person that he could, and then not trying to sell. Right. Which is which is a tricky one to me. That's the biggest turn off just to be around people if i feel like i'm being sold even if i want something like um yesterday i was shopping and when a when a sales clerk comes out and they're trying to you know this shirt (laughs) and that thing like i know they want the commission right i know what they're doing it makes me i'm like "Mm, i'm walking out of the store now just because i don't like it just feels it just feels there's something about it Right. And so I respect the heck out of him passing up on money and promoting these different things. There's the store. You know, like that's that's <laughs> his hardest pitch. I mean, that's and,
1: and, and I would say additionally, he wasn't manipulative. Yeah. So, you know, whether you're selling or not, there's also manipulation you see, right? Yeah. You and I see it all the time. And yeah. there's webinars and there's this and there's
0: that. yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> what value are they actually you, you kinda, giving? How many already, of these things I've seen? I'm like, this says this forty page right. thing. It says absolutely nothing. Right. right. Like this it, is a bunch of just waste of my time. Like just, you wasted my time. Right. And just
1: the positioning that happens. Right. And same same with me. I'm turned off by all that. Yeah. And uh, and and I I don't want to judge what anyone does. I mean some yeah. some people are just so really good. They're professional. They're masterful. But there might be a little bit of you know, working you a little bit. Yeah. I just don't think Jim did that. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. trying to say good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. It's just, it's factual. And I think that had its own appeal, especially to, uh, I, I got from a lot of people, I don't care for any of it other than Jim Rohn. Yeah. Jim is yeah. the guy.
0: Yeah. You think he could have made a lot more money had he bought into all that stuff and, and, and been more manipulative and done those things? Or do you think in the end, being that way, ultimately blesses you more than more than the, the short-term financial gain. I don't think it was... Tough a, question, I know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm throwing it's, some it's, tough ones at you. It's not a there. tough one.
1: Uh, I don't think he had it in him to do. It wasn't even... Yeah. It wasn't a choice for him. Yeah. yeah. There was no choice being made. He yeah. was just authentically himself. Yeah. Now, some people have to wrestle with that choice. Yeah. But with Jim, he was a philosopher.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: You know, he... he
0: he really, yeah. He, he can't
1: say it the way you want him to say it. He can only say it the way he's going to say it. Yeah. So he didn't study anybody else's way of saying it or, you know, yeah. he didn't go to courses. He yeah. just had his own
0: way of doing things. Pioneer. Yeah. I love it. So now I'm now I'm putting on my marketing cap okay. and I'm very curious about how you're able to do some of these things early on with the internet. Or, or how about this? Filling the room. You're right. filling these rooms with thousands of people. You're getting speaker. How speakers to come and, and be on the stage. How did you get that going? Like, how, how, how were you able to do that? How did you, was there someone that um, you learned from? Did you come up with these ideas on your own in trial and error, and sometimes people didn't show up? I mean, I'm sure there's yeah. gotta be some good stuff there. So. Well,
1: in the beginning, I had to learn the speaking business, the, the seminar business was, which was, back in the day, you know, the old, old days, way before the internet, Yeah. Uh, you had to cold call companies to book yourself to go speak, yeah. to then go in and do a 30 minute talk with a lot of value mm-hmm. and then sell tickets for an event. Okay. So that was the methodology. And then, you know, from that I got really good at it. And then I really learned to work referrals and it helps when you have a Jimron. When mm-hmm. you have a big and name. so I would have a box of, you know, comp you know, here's New York Life, here's Mary Kay. Every single company where someone a top guy would say, you know, Kyle was amazing, gave a ton of value, let him come in to speak. So Jim, you were doing
0: it for yourself in the I, I was
1: doing it to book myself to speak Got you. to then sell tickets for Jim.
0: Got you. Wow. Right? So, so you're really so integrated. That, that's how wow. I
1: learned, right, yeah. in the very beginning. And that's how Tony Robbins learned. Yeah. When they say Tony worked for Jim, that's what Tony did. Yeah. yeah. He would have to go speak for companies most he'd most, speak
0: and then come see this other event with right, other with jim, jim
1: like in a guy wow. that you're going to meet saturday at my inner circles don hobbs yeah, don yeah, yeah. hobbs who's the founder of hobbs herder and at one time was the president of jim rome productions way before me you know he was back there with tony as yeah. was jerry haynes and a lot of guys and i i assume they had to book their own meetings a lot of these companies have telemarketers and then they have the speaker but for me i had to do both and then I got really good at referrals and getting testimonial letters, and I really learned how to do that. And then I learned how to do advertising mm-hmm. and to you know do trades with the Business Journal and then radio stations. So I'd come to LA and do an event and try and book up a couple of hundred meetings, you know. And you're having to plan out the wazoo, and then you would have a couple of people working for you, and so you have to pick it geographically and. Hmm. You know, I go speak at 8, at the beginning of the meeting, then I'm at another one at 10, at the end of the meeting, right? Yeah. You're doing that whole thing, yeah. shuffling. But then I would do the media blitz. Yeah. And I'll just give, uh, so for me, I created this thing called The Wheel. It was kay. 1993, started at International. Okay. The Wheel, I'm from Texas, so, you know, W-H-E-E-L. Okay. Not W-I-L-L. And it was a circle. Okay. And I put a hub and I put Jim Rohn. And I drew out these spokes. And every spoke was a product or service. And the goal was to get people on the wheel and then take them around. Mm -hmm. But here's the key. How do you get more people on the wheel? So I don't know. Have you ever seen my little Jim Rohn quote book?
0: I don't think so. I moved
1: six million of those. It was a viral (sighs) marketing tool. And that was a guide download where it's like, okay, what is Jim's secret sauce? Yeah, Yeah. His secret sauce is... Uh, he's profound. People love him. They want to refer him. He's a wordsmith. So I created a little quote book, and I had a two and a from, and I promised this didn't exist before I did it. Yeah, it's 1993. Yeah, the two from. So my advocates would you know buy them ten, a hundred, a 1, thousand at a time to give away. You know, yeah. network marketing companies, insurance, oh, yeah, real yeah. estate.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, and I had my catalog in the back. And then also had how to buy in multiples and people would say, well, and I've got them in my briefcase. I'll show them to you. Yeah. yeah. I, want but to I did them for Brian Tracy, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Zig Ziglar, you know, Zig, they still, that's what Tom Ziglar gives away to every person he meets. Right. Hmm. <clears throat> but not the first one I did was for Jim and it became this viral marketing tool. And how I looked at that is getting people on the wheel. I had this army of people and i would sell them at a really great price
0: yeah it, so 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 people were buying them oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. six
1: million of them yeah so the key was uh a spoke is a product or service but it's also a customer acquisition so mm. if you can get people to buy a product that also gets them on your will and then the key is you got to talk to the people and build a relationship so that's you know and i have membership sites and i understand click funnels and funnels yeah but Again, I like this. the will yeah. more than a funnel because a funnel has an agenda. Mm-hmm. The will has no agenda. The will is you're on it and I'm going to give you great value yeah. and you might want to do this or you might want to do that. or you. The key yeah. is you talk to your list and occasionally you give them something to raise their hand yeah. at. And you try and pick things that would be really valuable. Yeah. yeah. And so I have those that I do that really work for me. And so with Jim, I understood... You know, yeah, we need some more products and services. We don't have enough spokes. He had a book. He had an audio series. But how do I get more people on the wheel? And that sparked this little quote book idea, right? Hmm. And I had another one we moved a million of called How to Build Your Network Marketing Business. And, again, it got down to that industry loved Jim, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And if And so I had this whole Did he kind, you kind
0: of, of promote the network marketing industry, he, like it's a good way to make money? He he um, He did after I came out with that. So that
1: was, he was a little bit, he had always been promoted as Corporate America's Chairman of the Board. Okay. And that's how he had made all his money. But really, he was in love with network marketing. Yeah. He really believed in it. He traveled the world, you know, for companies like Herbalife talking about it. But he, uh, you know, he did kind of come out of the closet the last seven or eight years saying, yeah, what an amazing industry yeah where before he was more neutral yeah
0: yeah yeah he
1: would have definitely gotten behind it but he didn't he wouldn't advocate it yeah. out they're talking
0: yeah
1: so so one final thing yeah yeah. so i talked about you go to los angeles right so i'm doing all kinds of trades to you know bring yourself staff to come to the event i'm going to give you tickets. Oh, yes, yes 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 yeah 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 if you're going out so so here's a little distinction right instead of trying to put an ad in the paper on the radio, telling them where the event is, when the event is, how much the event is, which now you're, that's only trying to sell. Yeah, yeah. And how many people can go to that event on that day and pay that kind of money? Very few. My whole thing is I never told any of that. I just tried to get people to call our phone so I could give them the info. So then mm. I get their name, I get their, this is pre email, you know, I get their phone, I get their address, I'd send them out stuff. Now they're on my list. Yeah. I started creating a list. Same thing, you know, once the internet, get people to my website, get them to opt in. So instead of, you know, if you're going to do advertising, I would never do advertising. Yeah. You know, giving them everything they need to know, because now you're just trying to sell. Yeah. Versus how do I get the person on my wheel
0: and then try and sell. Hmm. So you're really just wanting to, like you said, build the relationship, create this community. And from time to time, we're going to, We're going to be doing these fun, free picnics and events all the time. And every once in a while, we're going to have something, and you might want to come to it, and it's going to cost a little bit of money. So I'm giving you tons and tons of money. And then when they come
1: to those, they might want to engage more, right? Like inner Circle or whatever. But I always say cold traffic is hard. Yeah. And, again, these funnel programs or you're buying Facebook ads to sell people, that's where you have the biggest refunds anyway because it's cold traffic. Yeah nothing more powerful than referrals, nothing more powerful than someone you've built a relationship with. So yeah, get in with the internet, that's the first thing I did. Uh, people were trying to sell. I'm like, I'm not trying to sell. Yeah. I'm trying to get people on my list. So I started the Jerome yeah. Newsletter. Yeah. And that was my only goal, get them on the list. You were
0: kind of one of the first people to do that.
1: I, I mean, was, ne- yeah. Not, yeah. Well, 1999,
0: I mean, there yeah. were a few before yeah, me, yeah. I'm sure. but uh, yeah. And we, that's the huge, yeah, that's the hugest thing. You know, they push, you got to build a community. You got to get people subscribed. And it was so easy back then. In. Yeah, that yeah. was easy back yeah. then. I'm not yeah. saying
1: it's easy now. It's harder now. Yeah, yeah. And social media is critical now. Yeah. But even social media, because we are tar- talking marketing right Yes, at the and moment. that's where I want to go next with yeah. so that. Yeah. I want to
0: know about where it yeah. was then to where it is now. Yeah, so. But I want to interrupt you and say yeah. one thing I've learned about your story. Okay. You gave me probably a five minute thing in the beginning. Yeah. Here's my cute little story i was here i went through this and then i transitioned to this and it sounded like oh this has been just you know a cakewalk <laughs> you know it's been rainbows and butterflies but one thing and you still you still and this is what i like about people who actually do things they don't over sell their accomplishments where i meet a lot of people and they're like we talked about they're just selling like and it's like I'm just here to shop. <laughs> like, stop trying to like sell <laughs> me. And this isn't to someone who's like their job is to sell me things at the shop, but just like a lot of people are just so um, you know, I did this and I did that. Granted, you're talking about these things cuz I'm asking you about right, them. So right, right, I, you right. get a pass on that. <laughs> but you gl- you glance over some of these things. So one thing that I saw um, is there's no substitute for hard work you have been busting your butt to build this empire, you know, and to sell these lists and make all this money and have all this impact. You had to work your butt off where you're going and you're actually, Doing the speaking, which is I know a lot of energy, a lot of right. you know it's a lot of pressure. Sometimes it can be nerve wracking. You never know what kind of audience you're gonna And then you're running and doing ten meetings in a day, or however right. it is in the beginning of one and planning it out. Just planning that day sounds stressful and like a lot of work to me. You know, so I think that's one thing. And to circle back to this, to the um, to the secret and manifesting and think and grow rich, which are all great things that I think we all agree. You know, where your what is it? Where your mind goes, the energy flow Right. and those things that we've learned um, that's great but none of it means a darn if you don't get off your butt and go schedule those meetings and go talk to those rooms and get them to come to the conference and send those emails and take those you want millions of people calling you so you can <laughs> tell them out? that's my nightmare right. like, you know I see why maybe I'm more on a Jim Rohn like I want to try to be profound that you know, <laughs> right, right. I could ever be how he was, but right. I, I, I need a, I need a Kyle Wilson that loves that grind and loves that work ethic. And that's the thing, all those manifesting and dream boards and all those things are great, but you have to get out there and sweat and get dirty and pay your dues. And that's what I like about your story that you haven't, I feel like there's way more that I don't even know <laughs> well, about. But well, I picked up on it. So don't think I don't know. Yeah, No,
1: and you're hundred percent right. I will say the game changed, right? You have to innovate. You have to to go with the flow right yeah. and so when the internet came around i told jim i said once i built a fifty thousand person list and this is again back in 2000 i can fill a room yeah so i did not do any more meetings yeah. meetings ended yeah, you know yeah, yeah. after i found the internet and yeah. then i went to work on that and so my hard work was sitting at a computer all day yeah right i i didn't get on the phones so you have to take what you know and you got to build it around what you're good at and what you do and now I think social media is a big thing, and I, uh, <clears throat> I I have a lot of millennials in my world, and I did this book called Passionistas. Okay. I hope I have one. You'll you'll Kay. meet my partner on Erica De La Cruz, and one of the things I learned from Erica, and I came to so appreciate, is, you know. Cause millennials take a lot of heat right it's like oh we're doing selfies and we're doing all this yeah, stuff yeah. but on the flip side you have to say you know what what's the market giving you right yeah you don't have to go through a middleman there is no more middleman you're your own business card yeah right and so social media gives you that opportunity to create your own billboard to create your own advertisement yeah um, and one thing you know i know about millennials is they don't waste time on things they don't believe in yeah right and yeah. so uh, how do you take advantage of technology? How do you take advantage of this opportunity to build your own community and your own tribe? And it's a powerful thing. So I, uh, I can ap- appreciate what they're doing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm on Snapchat, I'm on all of them, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah, and, uh, and I believe in it. And yeah. at the same time, I think it's critical you get that same group to then get on your email list. Because you don't you still own a thousand percent. I'll, sure. I can give you an example. Yeah. Uh, but you don't own, you know, ask people that had a million people on MySpace, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but Facebook's, exactly. ch- so Tom is a good friend of mine. And Zig Ziegler, they have five million likes on their page. He would put up a post. Facebook, I'm assuming? Yeah, okay. right. yeah. Never spend a penny on advertising. Would put up a post, get half a million likes. Yeah. Now he puts up a post and he gets five hundred likes. Isn't that they amazing? change the, the algorithm, and I kept telling him, yeah. "I'm like Tom, get those people onto an email list." I'm begging you, my friend. Before, yeah, something and, and sure enough, they and, and now they own Instagram. It's going to happen again. Uh, a good friend of mine, and you'll meet him, Seth Mosley. He's a two-time Grammy winner. He's a 30-year-old millennial, written 800 songs, an amazing guy, and uh, he started an online program. And I, he and I walked through it, the whole thing together. And uh, there were a couple of things when he said, hey, should I start this online program? I'm like, well, let me ask you a couple of questions. Teaching people music? Yeah, it was going to be songwriting. Cool. Right. And he's won a ton of grant. He's amazing. Yeah. Amazing guy. Most humble guy you could ever meet. And he actually introduced me to John Foreman, who's the lead singer of Switchfoot, one of my favorite bands. So that was kind of cool, too, in yeah. Nashville. But so Seth, I'm sorry. No, that's but great. So Seth, uh, because that was a passion thing yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. So Seth said, "I want to start this online program," and it was actually an idea of a common friend of ours. And he mm-hmm. said, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Well, I got a couple of questions. Number one is, uh, do you know if people want to buy a songwriting course online?" He goes, "I don't know." I'm like, "Okay, we need to test that." Number two, do you you know where's your audience? Do you have a built-in audience? He said, "No, not really. I got social media," and I'm yeah. like, "Okay, let's let's again look at your secret sauce." He has this amazing studio. He has amazing people show up. He has a team. You know, he understands all that. I'm saying, you should start a podcast. He said, no, I've been thinking about that. Uh, Great. Second of all, you're really not that involved in social media. And again, you have all the right stuff. You have the right people. He did both those. I mean, he just went for it. You tell Seth to do something, he does it. Yeah. A lot like you.
0: Uh,
1: Second of all, I said, let's test. Online programs are a lot of work. Mm-hmm. The only people that don't think they're a lot of work have never done them. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doesn't seem like that.
0: Are you just put up a video. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's sterile and there's a lot of issues. So I'm like, let's test it. And the best way to test it is to get people to come to a small event and make it small. So go out to your world. I, I know you hand built the audience, but you know, go out and let's just test if there's an interest in you know, 25 people for a two-day weekend. You know, modest dollars, three hundred bucks. Yeah. Let's just test it. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, I don't know. You know, if it does work, you know, let's sell it out and create a waiting list and and see how it goes. See if you have fun. Because for you to show up for two days and do what you do, that's not a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. That's easy. Online program is going to be hard, my friend. Yeah. So he did it. Sold it out quick. I said, okay, do another one. You know three months out, yep. double the price, double the people. So 50 people, 600 bucks, sold it out. Yeah. Okay, 1,000 bucks, 100 people, sold that out. He's building this up, yep. his podcast is taken off, his social media is clicking. By that third event, a guy shows up and says, you know, I'm an online marketer, I'd love to help you with an online program. So they did it, and Seth, uh, he was, we were on a call together in one of my inner circles, and he, uh, he said, you know, it was probably 20 times harder than he thought it would be. Yeah, of yeah, just yeah. Because he's he wants great stuff, right? So they were really picky. Um, but, you know, he had a phenomenal launch because he had an audience. Yeah. So a lot of people out selling, you know, all these go do an online program and make money while you sleep and all that. Yeah. But you have to have an audience. Yeah. But here's one of the things he said on the call. He said, you know, you told me you have to have an email list. And I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. And he that's said, outdated. That's he outdated. He said, that's how we made 90 percent of our sales was wow. the email. We got them. We had to yeah. get them from yeah. these.
0: A podcast. i one of my best friends
1: has the biggest real estate. We have actually. He's Robert Helms, uh, the number one real estate podcast. And it's like, the key is get them from your podcast onto an email list, and then you can talk to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're on all the email list, right? You probably yeah. get Tim Ferriss and
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You know, Kyle Gary Wilson. Vandercheck. Yeah. 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 Talking
0: and, what you learned from Jim. Yeah. I've and so, so all these guys, Patience.
1: all these guys that are on uh, on social media, if you notice, they have email list. Yeah. Whether they think millennials are on email or not, you know, Seth, 95% of his audience are millennials and younger, hmm. and email is what's driven it. Wow. But you pull them from your podcast. You yeah. You pull them from social media, and then yeah. you can talk to them. Yeah. I love it. So build you, a relationship.
0: So as a as a marketer, if you're looking to build, like, a personal brand and drive drive all this stuff, you're saying build that community, get involved in all these things, but still get that email list. 100%. Now. Find, find ways
1: to talk to your list and say, hey, listen, I got this really cool gift. Yeah. Or, like, for me, I do a thing about Ogmandino and yep. the 10 scrolls and i will say hey if you want it just send me your email and i'll send it to you yeah right yeah. there's clever ways to do it to get people to raise
0: their hand and yep. say sure they want it yeah yeah so now flipping it a little bit and putting mm-hmm. it on your parent hat mm-hmm. how do you advise kids today maybe they're someone who has aspirations to do something like we're talking about to build a brand to build a company and they're trying to build a following or they're just a normal kid that's you know having fun at school and likes hanging out with their friends what do you see in that world for social media because this is something i've been trying to wrap my head around for a while because i just see so many negative things that come out of um, being addicted to our phones and seeing what people are doing that we don't know and it doesn't matter because we it isn't even real what they're doing anyways um how do you manage that with with in your life i guess with um with young people and and what are are any of your thoughts because i'm always trying to, (laughs) to to dive into that and learn more and I'll interrupt you. We we uh, we heard about this girl uh, the other day who was literally trying to get emancipated from her parents because they told her she couldn't have a. I think I don't know if they told her they couldn't have it anymore, or she couldn't have it like at night, or like certain hour only certain hours she could have it. But I mean that's like and, and she was threatening to hurt herself, like yeah. suicidal all those things. Like it's 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 crazy how much this has taken over. Um, every, I mean, and it's not just young people that are struggling with it too. Like I spend too much time on it. Myself, and I'm trying to regulate and tell other people not to do it. So, what do you think?
1: I look at it like anything else. You know, it's technology, it's shopping, it's eating. It's I don't know how to tell someone how much is too much. I mean, you're gonna have to figure it out, right? It's it's there's TV. I mean, people are addicted to TV. So I I, I don't have that. Uh, that's not my issue. It's like, oh, the kids are on social media too much. Um, Again, they're, it, it, they're, they've always been on something too much, right? Yeah. They're either going out causing trouble, yeah. or they're, they're
0: at the bowling alley. Yeah, too much. exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. So, uh, and their parents are too, probably, right? Uh, it's a phenomenal tool. It's a phenomenal tool, and um, if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, right? It's it's a powerful tool that you can use. To build an audience and to go market. And I, I know a lot of people, you'll meet a guy named Rory Smooth that's flying in from London.
0: I'm excited to meet all these people, yeah, man. He, he's hard
1: keeping them straight. He's awesome. He's flying in from London to be part of this. And his son, Joseph, I know Joseph. He's 22, but I met him when he's 17. Yeah. He's this marketing phenom, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, and you'll meet Erica, you know, uh, Saturday, she's flying in from Australia. Actually, her her <laughs> she, she lives here, but she's Kay. been there and she's yeah. not here Friday, but she makes flies in Saturday, and you know, she uses it for business. I mean, that's her agenda, yeah. right? It's not yeah. she's not getting all her yeah, but you do you do. It's a great way to connect with people. I have a, I have a good friend <sighs> that I was coaching this week. That's part of my group and. He is kind of an anti-social media guy, yeah. but he's an entrepreneur, and I'm yeah. like, you know, you're kind of doing it the hard way. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's getting involved, and he's saying, "Wow, you know, I had kids from friends from high school reaching out. He's like, yeah. it's pretty cool. It can be. Yeah, it can be very, it very cool. Absolutely, 100. So, so my whole thing is attraction marketing. You know, I call it fishing versus hunting. So I never hunt. Yeah, I only fish. So fishing means you put out good stuff to attract the people you want.
0: Yeah. I don't I like go
1: hunting, that. I just put out the right stuff. Yeah. And social media allows you to put out the right stuff yeah. and attract the people you want. And occasionally yeah. say, Hey, I'm doing a meeting at my house or I'm offering this or you don't it doesn't even have to be your thing. You can say, Listen, I'm going to a Tony Robbins event. Who wants to go with me? Yeah. And you just start kind of creating a thing for people to say yes to.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. And it's funny because everyone's kind of playing this game of trying to get people to engage and put a fire flame emoji if you agree. <laughs> and that stuff, it's just so eros- it Kind of like the person who's trying to sell me. Right. And I think it goes back to Jim Rohn. Inauthenticity. Right. When it's like, okay, like a motivational quote every two seconds. And it's like right. when you know in that person's personal life they have things going on like i even know like watch some of these celebrity pages and i'm not going to say any names because some of them are we're affiliated with and doing things with but it's like it's like their kid's birthday and they got the camera and they're like i love my son and and they're kissing him and all and stuff it's like just go be with your kid i bet you he would probably be happier if you didn't have the phone and weren't trying to make a right oh he's such a good dad it's like it's just to me it's so corny but right. it works Right. and it engages people and they're and they're like oh look at him he's or and even if, like he's a good dad or even if they don't like it they're like they're still talking about you, you know, like these, you know, the Lady Gagas, they're good at getting you talking about them. Maybe they're wearing a piece of meat, which I don't totally understand (laughs) it, but we're talking about it, you know, I'm talking about it right now. So it was great. It was great marketing, you know, so. And I I always tell people just do
1: whatever, you know, they want to do. So for me, they say, what's your... You know, how often should I post? I'm like, whenever you want to. Yeah. I disappear sometimes. Yeah. I want people wondering, is Kyle still alive? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, What happened to Kyle? I did that with this <laughs> rapper
0: guy that yeah. I like. Um, his name's Russ. And yeah. and I'm like, I feel like I haven't seen him post. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm going, I'm like is, he on a, like, is he okay? Is he sick? Right. Right. And right. I don't even know this guy. But yeah. I just like his music. And so, yeah. yeah so, so, scarcity. so to me,
1: it has to be fun. Yeah. But I'm not going to do it if it's not fun, if it's not um you know, so so I think you have to figure out what works for you and just do it. And there are some people that are very open and they're out there wanting to, you know, have their own uh, 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 reality TV show on social media. And that's yeah. people. I I love Snapchat because yeah, yeah, now, yeah. but Instagram has now kind of replaced. Isn't it that crazy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's like 10 second reality TV yeah.
0: with an occasional lesson. Yeah, and right? they're gone forever yeah disappeared. Yeah. That's that's the best part. Yeah. yeah. But
1: Instagram really, you know, they yeah, Snapchat's got some catching up to do, I think it, now.
0: No, yeah, that's what I think um, is cool about it is doing the social media like you're saying if you can find a way to do it on your terms like you're posting what you want to post, it's not for because I used to be judgmental of people, it's like these hot girls with millions of followers and it's like okay, we get it like you have a certain body part you put it in every post, right. you know. But and I would be like Judging them, but then at the end, of the day I'm like, look, if that makes them happy, and then the people that follow it, it makes them happy, and everyone's happy, then why do I care? What does it have to do with me? And why am I judging it? So to find that balance in your life, because it is kind of a game. Like we need to stay connected with people. They want to. They want to see the authentic. It's just when it becomes the fake gameplay, and that it just, I just like can't even. Like it makes me want to be totally rid of it when i see people commenting on each other's thing and it's like they all it's the people who want the following from the other person they're complimenting on everything they say also it's like dude like when you know when my friend does something great i call them or i text them (laughs) i don't need a public thing where people say like i know this person you know but that's part of the game and like you said i've been around a lot of these cool people but i didn't always take pictures with them you know where it would be cool to have pictures of you and Tony back in the day and X, Y, and Z because it, it gives you credibility and it, it validates who you are and what you've done. Where it's the same thing with us, it's like I don't wanna like like do this, you know, I don't wanna like ask this person for a picture that I'm doing a commercial or a movie with them, but to be able to show that now when I go and I speak, I could show a picture of me and Kevin Durant and say I did this movie with them and now all of a sudden kids who weren't paying attention right. are all of a sudden like, Oh, I like Kevin Durant. Like maybe I should listen to what this person's saying so it's playing this game of, of what's real, what's not real, what's authentic, what's not authentic. And I think how you said it is, it's got to be fun for you. And ultimately, it, right. if you're happy.
1: And, and yeah, it is a tricky thing. Like, I think I'm in the middle. Yeah. Because the question I have for people, and I, Seth Mosley's a, a good one because he's so humble. Yeah, I have a guy named Colonel Tim Cole, thirty-one year Colonel in the Marines, who's this amazing guy, mentor to me. That's part of my group. Yeah, and you know, with those two guys, I had to say, you got to step step out a little bit more. Yeah, because how much influence do you want to have? So I think when you bring up the Kevin Durant thing, that's yeah. a great example. So yeah. ultimately, uh, I do a lot of mine for the business side of it. Yeah, but it's also influence, yeah. right? And so sometimes you do have to have. That picture, you know, I yeah. I was at an event and I'm speaking with uh, the uh, Willie Robinson or yeah, yeah. The, the guy from Duck Dynasty. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. young guy, not the dad, but okay. the young guy. Yep. And I did post it on social media and people went crazy. Isn't that funny? I've never seen the show. Yeah. But oh they, I've seen a bunch of them. They, I love it. Yeah. they loved it. And it's yeah. like, okay, when I do it, yes, I am there is that business side of me that wants to create a connection. I'd say one person in my inner circle has sent me so much business. It's just crazy how much, uh, Tammy Mitchell, and I'll, I'll, I'll say her name, how I met Tammy as I had Phil Collin of Def Leppard do a mastermind at my house. I posted in advance that he was going to be there, mm-hmm. and uh, we were all going to go see Def Leppard that night, and she's like, I am the biggest Def Leppard. i be there. Think. is there any way I can, you can sneak me into it? And I said, sure. Then she joined the group, but she has brought so much business. But that came literally through a social media post, yeah. About something, you know, this something that's very different than my world, right? Yeah. Def Leppard and rock music wasn't really yeah, the yeah, center yeah, yeah. of my inner circles. It just and <coughs> Phil. Excuse Phil, me. by the way, is this amazing personal development guy. He's a hmm. vegan, twenty-eight years sober, hmm. uh, th- one of the most positive human beings I've ever met. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I was so thrilled to host that, but. To me, that's a good example. And so it is this balance of. uh, Now, if I wasn't an entrepreneur and I didn't have business, I might not even be on social media. Yeah. But I do, that is my question for people. How much influence do you want to have? Yeah. Because I feel like the majority of us are putting ourselves out there beyond our comfort zone a a little bit. Yeah. Um, But we do have an agenda, and the agenda is. Building a platform so we can make a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love it. So I got two more questions, and then I promise I'll let you go. And I'm going to open this, too, because I think our yelling uh, people <laughs> outside are done. So two questions in my mind are, now you've made this transition, and you um, went and you were Mr. Mom and, and, uh, and did the family time, but then you, you're like, I'm not done. I want to go do more things. What is kind of the why... Behind what you're doing now, and what are the things that you're involved in, and what made you want to come back out? Because I know you don't have to if you didn't want to, you could have uh, stayed in your shell and listen to Def Leppard and and <laughs> never talk to another person again. But you have this um, drive to get out there and do things again. And I'm always curious learning people's kind of their mission or their why behind what they're doing. Jesse, for me, it was just an evolution.
1: I, I've never been this guy that knew exactly what I was going to do. In fact. One of Jim Rohn's mentors is a guy named William Bailey, and William, this amazing guy, and before Jim died, I put together this tribute video that Jim didn't know about, and I got Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and all of them, John Maxwell, Les Brown, uh, to come to Dallas and Los Angeles, and we filmed them doing, you know, talking about Jim Rohn and his influence, but the one guy that couldn't come was William Bailey mm-hmm. because he had bad health. So I flew to Lexington, rented a car, Drove three hours into the back hills of Kentucky, and we spent the day together. Yeah. And he made this profound statement to me. He said, "Kyle, there's no way you could have ever predicted you would have partnered with Jim Rohn. That wouldn't have been on your goal list. Did you know who Jim Rohn was?" I said, "No. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. So you know, uh, that's I've never really kind of known exactly what I was going to do." When I sold my companies, uh, there were some, you know, family reasons I did that, and it was just the right thing to do. I just knew I was supposed to, and we had a very aggressive profit sharing plan, and so all my team got, you know, came out great. And the t- company that bought me was also buying Success Magazine, so it was going to help all my speakers now have a bigger mm. platform. And there were all kinds of synergies that made it just like, okay, this is right. Yeah. But I knew how much it took to build that company. I knew how much uh, it took to create that team of 20 employees that were amazing. And so I knew I was done. It's like, okay, I'm selling, I'm done, now I'm gonna become a yeah. investor and things like that. And uh, <clears throat> it's after my youngest graduated high school, and. My, my kids definitely were getting too much dad. Okay. Dad, dad, dad had, dad <laughs> had a little, like, eh, dad, okay. dad, well, I'm just saying, it, it there was definitely something not working there, right? Yeah. And I am a productive guy and I am an entrepreneur, have been my whole life. Yeah. Uh, Mark and Jack, uh, Chicken Soup, you know, Mark, yeah. Can, Mark Victor Hanson, Jack Canfield, they said, Kyle, you pick whatever book you want to do. And I said, Entrepreneur, so I did Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur soul with um. them, right? Because that's what I am. I'm an entrepreneur. So I was I was kind of thinking, okay, let me check it out. So I put out some feelers, and I reached out to some people, and it just felt right. Yeah. So I, I, I came back out, uh, and I did some things that didn't work. You yeah. know, I, I I, wanted to be the behind-the-scenes guy, as I've always been. You know, I was the guy filling the rooms. Yeah. I, I can't believe how many things I would do, and I wouldn't put my name on it, or I didn't show up on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I did like counting the money, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But I didn't really care about the fame. It just wasn't part of what I did. And uh, when I came back out, I tried to take that same approach, and I did do some cool things with Phil Collin and different people. But the thing that really started working for me, Jesse's, when I started doing these masterminds, mm. and people would show up, and I felt like God would show up, and People are crying. It's just this incredible experience would happen. Yeah. So there were certain things that totally worked and certain things that I wanted to work that didn't work. Yeah. And that was uh, it took me about 18 months to finally say, OK, I'm not going to keep trying to do what I don't want to do. And I'm going to have to step out now and, you know, put some effort into coming up with a presentation, put yeah. some effort into that site. Marketing was easy for me. The other part was uh, undeveloped muscle that I really did not want to try and develop.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, uh, but the things that have worked for me, um, you know, that that's what I pay attention to. I, I pay. Well, wow, that that's working, right? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so, always having that curiosity. That's interesting. That's working. Yeah.
0: And yeah, then yeah, the yeah. things
1: I really wanted that would have kept me in my comfort zone didn't work. Mm. So. Uh, you know, my prayer, my passion is, you know, how can I truly show up and make a difference in people's lives? Yeah. But that that's evolved. I can't say I was that purely motivated, yeah, yeah. right? Well, that's that, why I'm curious as to it evolution. now versus
0: where, where yeah. you were of like, okay, you kind of have accomplished these big things. And, and now what, what is it that gets you excited? And what is pretty special to me is that it seems like you've almost taken on what Jim did, where I just want to be a person that maybe Influences some people, that influences the masses, right. and I can spark that, um, that idea, that thought, that imagination, and I feel like that's what you're able to do through your mastermind. Is you're connecting with these high-level people that are successful from all these different fields, and a lot of them. I'm sure, are looking to make money, but they're also looking to leave a legacy and have an right. impact and, and pass along this knowledge and information to the next generation. Right. And so in a way, you are, are doing your own gym room, um, sparking this, uh, what's the word I want to use, uh, movement, this, this movement to, to inspire people to inspire other people. And that's really awesome.
1: Yeah, th- that is kind of what's coming up. It, and there is a common thread, and the common thread is philosophy. The people I'm attracting have an amazing philosophy. Uh, they're givers. They're typically Jim Rohn fans, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that is the key. The key is the community of people. It's uh, and there's people I absolutely would have no interest in working with that have done amazing things in the world. So it's not yeah. about success. It really is about philosophy. Yeah. Finding people that really. And anyone that's a Jim Rohn fan will know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Jim talks about philosophy is the major defining thing in your life.
0: Yeah. And when those types of people come together, it's amazing it what is. can happen and it the is. impact that it you is. can have. Last question. Sure. So if you were gonna go back to yourself, the younger version of you, maybe it's at this time when you're at the bowling alley and you're getting your first uh, entrepreneurial uh, endeavors going, or it could be a younger, or maybe it's when you're first starting your business and uh, at 19, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You were 19? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what would you go back if you could give yourself one piece of advice, knowing the experiences you've had, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, all these things you've been involved in, what would be that one thing that you would pass along to your younger self?
1: I think the thing that is most uh, relevant to me, that stands out to me the most, really came a little bit later. And it's after I had a a family, after I had a business, after I had employees, I quit doing a lot of the personal development. Mm. I quit taking care of myself. I let all the... And I think that's when I sold my companies. I kind of knew that in the back of my mind, that I, you know... Uh, I had my own family. And here you have 20 employees and everyone thinks you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be the dad. And then you're the agent for speakers. And any agent would know what that's like, right? And so I think going back, like what I know now, I would have held on to that. And if I went back to 19, I don't even know if I would have known what that is. But definitely after life got complicated, business family all these other things i would have said my personal development side is non-negotiable yeah right and that that is where i did get off track on some things yeah and jim was the master at talking about that so uh and he would occasionally pull me aside and say hey kyle you know lifestyle my friend you know we don't because i i always had stuff for him to do yeah he'd, he'd be in town and I'd have five thousand books for him to sign. You know, yeah, 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 <laughs> I create these uh, yeah. signed and numbered yeah. hardback editions. Like every time I did a book, I would have a signed and numbered edition. He's yeah. like Kyle. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Got to You gotta have a little lifestyle going. Yeah. Like, I, I
1: know, Jim. uh yeah. We only got a hundred more.
0: To yeah. To sign. I love it. I think, man, it's that's such a powerful lesson and. Uh, continue to grow, and I feel like that's one of the things that makes us more fulfilled and more happy is when we're progressing, when we're learning, and it's easy to let those things go, whether it's your health, your your mentality, your spirituality, is you get busy with life, you get busy with a family, you get busy with work, but the ability to make sure you make that a priority is going to allow you to help so many more people, and you're getting that from, you know, the great source there, (laughs) so I'm thankful for you that you are able to work with jim and all these other amazing people and that i'm getting a front row seat with you to be able to learn from you today and hopefully impact a lot more people so hey, i'm
1: honored to be here i
0: appreciate honored it by all the things you're doing amazing and kylewilson.com is yes. where people can check you out is there anything else um you know where c- people can find you online or well, you know, where do you this, hang out the most snapchat I, apparently well i did this thing called 52 lessons okay i learned from jim Rohn and other legends i
1: promote it right so it's lessons from Jim and Darren and Brian Tracy and it's not their lesson yeah it's the lesson I learned in collaborating with them and it's it's uh, it's free and so they go to kylewilson.com and they can get it I'm on Instagram Kyle Wilson Jim Rohn and uh, Facebook I'm pretty easy to find and uh we're not worried about snapchat today. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i love it man well thank you so much for coming down here and i'm excited and we'll blast this out and let us know any other way we can we can help you love it appreciate it my friend yes thank you so much